Hola, y'all already know what it is, your boy, Yakov, what it do, the outlet to reality, the whole this podcast in Vegas and Chicago, what up, this is the place where you want to hide from your drama, or maybe hide from your baby mama, <laughs> just kidding, but anyway, fans, today, uh, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe, cha-ching, and today, I had to bring my brother, Mike, shalom, shalom, how you doing, my brother, shalom, and and today I want to, um, you know, share something real quick for y'all. And this is a very important topic for both of us. That's why I had to bring my brother back. So pretty much what I've seen in the news, the media, uh, pretty much Palestine and Israel, they're having their own protests all over the world. People representing their own, you know, country, traditions. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people don't really know the history. And I think this is a good place to basically share some knowledge to y'all, even the young folks out there who think they know it all, but don't really know it all. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I wouldn't ask anybody else but my brother Mike, because I, I know this brother is like a scholar, so you got to watch out because, you know, he, he might hit you with those big words. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and, and it's interesting because I did a TikTok like two or three days ago where I actually made a rap and it was a freestyle. The course was like Israel, Palestine, Israel, Palestine. And then I said something like, stop the hate, stop the fight. You know, I was trying to pretty much promote peace because there's a lot of, you know, miscommunication, a lot of you know, uh, anger within the brothers or confusion. And I think this is the best spot to do it. Of course, YouTube too. Um, so I want to start off with the history. And Mike, I'm going to let you actually lead that on, on how it kind of start. Like, um, let's take it back to the days, like, like to the biblical days. So for those who don't know, we're going to take it back to the Torah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, that's what uh, they always say, that uh, the Torah is our wisdom in the sight of the nations. So that's the way of the Hebrew life. Um, before we dive in on this, you know, um, ultra-sensitive topic, as you see, there's a lot of different responses when people speak out on either side's behalf. But um, I wanted to give, like, an analogy of um, my personal opinion, and you know, before I even start speaking, I'm just I'm speaking on my behalf, not speaking on on behalf of my rabbi or my congregation or anyone else. This is just my own personal opinions that I'm speaking of, and um, any mistakes I make, they are my own. I can't blame anyone else, but um, you know, um, I'm a Cubs fan. And I'm not sure if you're a Cubs fan. I'm but a Sox. I'm a Sox. Oh, 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 that's how it is, huh? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I say I'm a Cubs fan, that's because, you know, I live on the north side of Chicago. The first baseball game I ever went to when I was introduced to baseball was a Cubs game. You know, um, I like the color blue. You know, um, I understand a little bit about the history of the Cubs, but I, I couldn't tell you, you know, uh, what – you know, uh, what the original name of the Cubs was, or I couldn't tell you um, where that team was located. I, I, I couldn't tell you, 
if it originated in Chicago. You know how some teams start here and then they go there. Uh, I don't know any of the history of the Cubs. But if anyone asks me, am I a Cubs fan or a Sox fan, I earnestly answer, I'm a Cubs fan. And um, something my teacher has taught me, he said that whenever you approach history, you got to come at it from chronology, terminology, and geography, meaning what time on the, on the timeline, what people were there and what language they were speaking, and where that was located. So it is a known fact that the place that the state of Israel is now located is not the original land that was given to B'nai Israel to the children of Israel. It's not the same landscape. So if you want to go back that far and, and look at it that way, you know, that's the starting point. Like, you know, it said that the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Gersites, and it was given to your offspring. You know, to the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Hebrew, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and to your, you know, the children of Israel, which is B'nai Israel. So the land that the state of Israel is now on is not the same land that was promised by the Most High God, the God of Israel, to the children of Israel. It's not the same land. So when you start just there, you know, we're talking about chronology in time. When that happened, they're not in the same land. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when, you know, there's an overwhelming amount of um, European or white Jews that don't know any history of the children of Israel. So, you know, they couldn't tell you when Abraham was born. They couldn't tell you when Moses was born. They couldn't tell you any of that. But if you ask them, you know, are you Jewish? They're going to say yes. Or, or sometimes you hear something like, oh, my mom was Jewish or my dad was Jewish or my parents are Jewish, but they don't follow any Jewish ritual. Okay. They, they don't, um, they don't, you know, they don't pray. They don't dive in. Um, they don't wear to fill in. They, you know, don't, you know, they don't celebrate the holy days of Judaism or of the, of, of the Torah. They're just like me when I say I'm a Cubs fan, you know, they say I'm Jewish. Yeah. But they don't know anything about their history. I mean, it's an overwhelming amount, especially American Jews. Yeah. And, so, and brother, can I just stop you real quick? So for my fans out there, for those who don't know, Mike is actually half white, half black. His mom is Jewish. And uh, in the Jewish world, so no one, you know, if, if they're confused, in the orthodox world your mom has to be jewish or else you're not jewish your dad is, doesn't count which is kind of weird because you still have jewish blood like it just is very picky and I, I mean i understand people get picky but you ain't got to get stinky well that was <laughs> hey that was declared by the sanhedrin okay back when you know during the hellenistic period when yeah. um you know when all that was happening they declared that you know when the greeks would go in to um, Jewish women or Hebrew women, that whatever offspring they would have would be considered of the Hebrew faith or uh, Jewish people. Yeah. So since there are no more uh, Sanhedrin courts, that law stands. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where that ideology, but originally according to the Torah, it was a patriarch. 
meaning that's why it went from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then his 12 sons. It was yeah. something that was originally passed on from, you know, father to son to, and so forth and so on. But the new thing, you know, because they were killing all the men, especially, you know, this in the uh, Hebrew scriptures, they were killing off all the men. They said, okay, the Sanhedrin said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do from this point forward. Yeah. But originally it was patriarch. It wasn't a matriarch. Yeah. And, and real quick, fans out there, uh, for those who probably never read in their life, you, you have to understand that, um, you know, the Torah is, is about 4,000 years ago during the, it's, it's a lot about the Jewish people, right? And one thing that's very important is that when Abraham, who was the forefather of all, you know, all fathers and generations, he, Hashem, God, told him that this land would be your generations, right? Canaan. We didn't know it was going to be the promised land until when Moses came to the picture and saved the Jewish people, um, that that was the promised land. And, and the sad thing, Moses never got to stay at the promised land. He only took them to <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, he got to see it, but he's like, I'll catch y'all later. You know what I'm saying? So he just he took him in, you know, walking to the path. And, and here's another thing, too. Like, I, I know you're going to get to this topic uh, coming up. When Moses took the Jewish people that were slaves out of Egypt to the promised land, not only did he bring Jewish people, he brought some Egyptians, too. People that felt like they were kind of like lost or they they needed a new chapter of their life. Well, a, a lot of them intermarried with the Hebrew people, the mixed multitude. You yeah. know, like when they always say that, oh, yeah, the Jews, uh, you know, stole a lot of uh, gold when they came out of Egypt. Now, a lot of them were given that as gifts because they were intermarried with the Egyptians. So a lot of them went out when they say went out with the high hand. It wasn't that they necessarily stole that stuff. It was given to them as a going away gift because many of the mixed multitude, the Egyptians went out with them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody stole some gold. I mean, I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> you know, they couldn't help it. They're like, I got to get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, <laughs> maybe the gold that they used for the golden cap was the stolen gold. And yeah, right. The gold was what was used to build the, uh, the sanctuary, you know, the. Uh, the Mishkan. Uh, right. but I, I just wanted to clear that up because a lot of people have that thought that like, you know, um, the Hebrews that came out of Egypt, like, you know, got gangsters and just took all that stuff. No, that was given to them like, you know, as a parting gift because they were uh, they were intermarried, man. They, yeah. I mean, you know. And, and people got to understand, Egypt is in Africa. That's number one. And I ain't gonna lie. People are going to maybe criticize us at the end of this podcast, which is okay, you know. Thank you for watching, by the way. <laughs> I ain't going to get mad. But to be honest with you, you know, I grew up watching movies, and always they depict Moses as being white. But that's in Europe. I'm going to be honest. If you go to Israel today, or if you go to the Middle East, you will see more brown people, believe it or not. Brown and black, I would say. So the thing is, I, me personally, I, you know, people may not agree, but I think Moses was black. Look, let, let, let's just touch on this for one second. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, we all know about the curse of Ham, right? Or yeah. 
Hebrew Ham, right? Right. Well, wait, wait, wait explain a little bit because some of them don't know what where, where you're coming with ham. They're gonna think okay, cheese and ham, that. cheese and ham, and, and extra no, pickles. No, it's not, it's <laughs> that, it ain't that kind of ham. Um, anyhow, there was three sons of Noah, or in Hebrew Noah. All right, he had the oldest son was Shem, the middle son was Ham, or Ham, and the youngest son was Japheth, or in Hebrew Yafet. So there's always a, a big controversy about how they say the Talmud said that, you know, that Ham, the curse of Ham, that uh, he was cursed and he was black. He was cursed with blackness and, and that black people are cursed. But, you know, recently I was brought to my attention by a teacher that uh, that was inserted. Like the, the original Babylonian Talmud just said that he was cursed in the skin. Then say he was cursed with blackness in the skin. And we have a, a lesson that, you know, Torah teaches Torah. So when, you know, Moses was asking Hashem, you know, the God of Israel for a sign. One of the signs was he said, what? <clears throat> he said, put your hand in your shirt. And he pulled it out and it was white. It says very clearly in the Torah. He said, okay, now put it back in. And it came out its normal color. So we have to presume that Moses wasn't white just from that. And, the, you know, the, the correlation is that if that's the case with Moses, then, you know, Torah teaches Torah. So perhaps when the curse of Ham wasn't black, maybe it was white. Mm. Something to think about, because the Canaanites were considered a light-colored people. Yeah. According, especially to like, um, if you look at Egyptian um, hieroglyphs, you know, Meduneter, you'll see them depicting the people of Canaan as a light-skinned people. Yeah. So that just being said, like I said, you know, that's that's factual. So it is what it is. But oh, that's good. That's good, brother. I was gonna say. Um, so for those who don't know, in the Jewish. Um, Basically, there's different groups of Jewish people when it comes down to culture, right? There's the Ethiopians, you have Ashkenaz, which is mostly European Jews, um, and then you have Sephardi Jews, which is like uh, Spain, originated from Spain, from Turkey and um, Central America, that, that moved to Central America. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the main three groups I could think of from the top of my head right now. Uh, can't forget the Hasidic brothers too, but but we're just talking about the three right now. And the interesting thing, if you do more investigation and you start reading, there's a part in Bereshit in Genesis 10. You probably know the verse, brother, because you might have to help me right there. Um, it's, Genesis 10, 1 through 5, where it speaks about um, how the Most High uh, divided the earth based upon the three sons of Noah, the survivors of the flood, or the, the sons of Noah. Um, and um, what was it? Um, Shem went to, um, went to Northeast Africa. Um, Ham went to um, Northwest Africa and Japhet went to you could say the area around Europe. And then what we see all of our nationalities are, you know, intermingling how we're becoming like different, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, different hues, you know, different colors. So meaning that um, Shem was the darkest. Um, Yafet was the lightest. And Ham or Ham was like a, um, like a mixed coloring. Um, this is escaping me right now, the word, the Hebrew word for, um, for uh, mixture. Um, it, it comes from like, uh, you know, the word for um, we have in uh, according to the Torah for uh, Arabs or Arabs. No, no, I don't know the word. Um, it's uh, a rev. Um, and then the uh, ma'arev means mixture. Mm -hmm. So like the um, people that mixed, you know, so <laughs> just say it like this. Shem stayed black. Ham was in the middle and Jaffa became lighter mm -hmm. as they moved into different um, locations of Africa. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when, when, Shem, when um, Shem went where he was at was hotter, where Ham went was a little not as hot, and where Yafet went was, you know, towards Europe, which is obviously, you know, is more colder. So that was the, the Ma'arev, the mixture of the colors of all the people on the planet. You know, at, at least for me, that's, you know, for me, the Torah is history. For some people, it's just a story. Yeah. So, you know, I look at it a history book, you know, it, 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 a lot of folks is just, you know, it's like a fable. And, and when you, when you, when you present it to people like that, you know, they say the Bible story and say, well, this looks like a history that was, um, you know, it was kept and it was revived definitely by the Ashkenazi Jews, by the European Jews, they revived the Hebrew language. And had they not um, kept all of this information, then it's a good possibility that the world would not have access to it right now and that we owe them that gratitude. Yeah. You know, so Baruch Hashem, thank God for that. Oh yeah, for sure, brother, for sure. And, and real quick fans, uh, for y'all to, you, you know, to understand something too, by the way, a little bit outside of Torah, but Palestine, right? I just want to bring up Palestine, right? Palestine is going through a lot. Uh, I saw a documentary where they had uh, like IDF soldiers shooting, like almost like sniping in their homes. And it, it's sad because, you know, they, they don't have the power to fight back. I'm gonna be honest, you know, and it's not, I'm not saying all soldiers are like that. You know, there's good and bad and everything, but I feel like when people protest, they're crying for help. That's one of the big things. Or for some people to see their view or where they're coming from. That's kind of what happens, you know. Or you're, 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 you're celebrating for rejoice if it's a big, like, celebration, whatever. But sometimes, you know, you have to see different angles, right? And one of the things that I noticed, too, is that um, – and I'm going to share this with you, brother. This is this coming from the heart. So when I went to high school, though, uh, for everybody who don't know, I went to Northtown Academy. It's a charter school in, in Chicago. And my professor, I never forgot his name. And he had a big discussion. We learned the history about Israel, right? And we had a big debate. The biggest debate I've ever seen a witness. Like when I was a kid, I was like, yo, this is cool. You know, we had a Jewish guy who was Orthodox 
we had an Assyrian student who was a Christian Assyrian. And we had a, um, a, someone who, was, who considered himself uh, Palest Palestinian. So you had three different, I, like, um, different group of people with different I ideologies, right. but sharing their point of view. And I remember, like, yes, I'm going to share real quick. I'm going to share. share. <laughs> so the Jewish guy goes, man, you know what? No, because the, the professor said, should, who does, like, uh, Israel, the Holy Land, right now, who should it belong to? And why do you think it belongs to them, right? Whoever, whoever, right? Right. So the Jewish guy goes, well, I'm behind this with you. Uh, I think it's ours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he goes, I think it's ours. <laughs> he said, we had it for a long time. You know, we had the Torah, you know, and... This is uh this is my land. I you know I grew up here. This is you know this is my my heritage. You know we we won the land, so that's that should be ours. Period. And we had a lot of wars, and, and you know we just kept growing. And he did have a good point. One of the things he said, and for those who don't know, if they don't know about history, there's this thing called the happened 1967. So the Six-Day War is when Syria, Egypt, and Jordan fought Israel. Now, Israel won the war, and they actually gained more land. So Judea, Hebron, Bethlehem, Nablus, and, and uh, Jerusalem, they were part of Jordan. And after that war, land, by the way. So they were like, well, if we won the war, of course, as a result, it's ours. That was his argument, right? So he, he said what he had to say. Then the Muslim guy came out with a Palestinian brother came in. He said, I'll be honest. Mm. <laughs> he said, hey, brother, wait up. I got something for you. He goes, technically, before y'all had your own state, this was Palestine, and it was our land. What happened was the U.N., we're supposed to give it to us, and they happened to steal our rights to y'all. So y'all took the land and became a state. Of course, naturally, we're going to get mad. <laughs> and so I, I was very interesting to hear his point of view. I said, huh, that's, that's pretty, uh, you know, you, you got some good pointers, right? But my favorite part was the Assyrian Christians behind me. So for those who don't know, Assyrians are a very, it's a small minority group of people in, in the Middle East. They used to have, like, back in the days, they were one of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, I love her answer. I love the, the girl's answer. She said, I'm going to tell both of y'all something. We Assyrians go way back from the Babylonians. We started the first laws, the Hammurabi's code. <laughs> y'all didn't have codes yet. We come from Iraq all the way to y'all land. And they're like, and she, she said something real nice. I, I like what she said. She said, technically, that's our land. And we were here before all y'all. So she hit it with the way up. You know, I try to block it. So, <laughs> it was too quick. So both of the guys were shocked. They're like, oh, damn. Oh, you know, oh, man, I didn't even know that part about that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny. You know, it's very interesting with that whole debate going on. They all um happen well here's the thing what people don't understand in israel right now you have christians muslims and jewish people living in the same place and they consider that place holy yes. those three so 
the biggest thing that the professor said is how can we make this place work? How? Because everybody's on the same, you know, right. in the same page. Everybody right. had a different perspective. How can we bring peace? What do you say? You know what I said? I stood up. I, I let everybody debate. Come on. I, I had to take time to observe. So I said, look, y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Beautiful holy land. I've never been there, but I heard stories. <laughs> you know what I'm you? I saw pictures on Google. <laughs> I don't think no one should have the land. Because the way we acting, we're acting like kids. I'm be honest. Even today, we're fighting. We have pride. No one wants to really cooperate. This peace treaty that everybody's talking about, these diplomats, it's a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just something to sign the paper right. saying, we did a great job, guys. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Let me take a picture to the news. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And, and honestly, for me, because it's a holy land, we should treat it holy. I just got to say that. Um, you know, there was a point where, I mean, for those who study the Sefer Torah, uh, which is often called the Law of Moses or the first four books of the Old Testament, um, it goes into the intricacies of the Hebrew rituals that were supposed to be performed by the Hebrew people. Um, the word Hebrew simply means one who is crossed over, meaning crossed over from, you know, uh, following an idolatrous way of life to following, or I should say, one who's crossed over from polyism to monotheism, meaning one God. Uh, we, you know, it's very common. Um, I mean, that is the basis for uh, the Shema. Yeah, you know the Shema in Hebrew, right? Yeah, yeah. What Would you, you uh, hear it? Come on. Well, the beginning is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, and then we whisper, and then I can man. keep, yeah, man. That is the oath of the Hebrews. That is the declaration of faith that you're going to follow the Sefer Torah. You're going to follow the law of the God of Israel. So if you start there, then you can move forward accordingly. But in 432 BC, or BCE, I should say, before the Common Era, or Era, excuse me, um, that, was, that was the ritual. But in 432 BC, then you had the creation of the Jewish religion. So you went from the Hebrew ritual to the Jewish religion. It, it, they are a difference. No, no. That's when you started seeing them starting to use the Babylonian Talmud and also the Palestinian Talmud. There's two different Talmuds. Yeah. Okay. And so a lot of people don't know that. So at that point, there is a division. Meaning from that point forward is where you're getting a lot of the 
uh, modern-day Jewish religion. It is the forming of the Jewish religion. So to be more clear for people so that are not aware of the ancient history, let me put it this way. Um, the state of Israel, right? Yeah. Right now we're talking about the state of Israel, 73 years old, right? Is not B'nai Yisrael. Is not the children of Israel. These are two different things. Yeah. And, and a lot of times when people are talking about where well, you're being anti-Semitic, primarily speaking, the original word was Shemitic because the son of Shem. And Shemitic people are Hebrews, Arabs, and Assyrians. Semitic people, all right, which comes from the Greek, they changed it up a little. That is primarily Ashkenazi or European white Jews. So when people are saying you're being anti-Semitic, they're really saying you're being anti-white Jews because Shemitic includes Hebrews, Arabs, and Assyrians. And, and if I'm not mistaken, those are the, you know, you didn't have a Hebrew in the room during that class. You had a Jew, you had an Arab, and you had an Assyrian. You didn't have a Hebrew, you, you know, you didn't have someone of ethnic um, background. Yeah. I mean, if you had threw in like one of the Hebrew Israelites from now, I mean, you know the group in New York, I don't gotta tell you, they would have a different argument too, right? Yeah, they would, yeah. So it, 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 that has to be, you know, has to be brought into proportion because when people say anti-Semitic, they say, well, isn't Semitic including these other groups? Not really. It's a new thing. Yeah. And can I share something? For those who don't know, um, Brother Mike shared a, a very important oath, the Shema Yisrael. It's a very beautiful prayer and a, a very beautiful words that, that we meditate. Um, I'm going to try to translate the best I can, but basically it's saying, Hero Israel. Oh, well, Lord. start, Shah, start with where it is in the Hebrew uh, script. Oh, okay. So if I'm not mistaken, brother, it's in Exodus, right? Now it's Deuteronomy. Dang. <laughs> That's how you know I failed. I failed. I'm sorry, brother. I got excited. I got excited. Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank Deuteronomy you. six. But go uh, ahead. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. All right, we're back. You know what I'm saying? Because I messed up. So for those who don't know, that prayer, uh, uh, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen. And that blessed be uh, the king forever and ever, right? By his glory. And then the last part is that you should love your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your might. One of the most powerful words I've ever heard. And if you could break it down, it's so beautiful. Now, here's the thing, too. For those who don't know, uh, something this is outside of our topic, but I want to share it because it's one of my favorite things. Now, when it says to love Hashem, your God, with all your heart, and with all your might, how do you do it? And I'm going to share your story. So one time I was studying with my rabbi back in Chicago. We were studying the Talmud. And we came up with this prayer about Shema, right? About okay. love your God with all your might. And he said, how can we apply it? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing lift, lifting a lot of weights, but I don't know how I can use all my strength. Do I just keep like lifting up and up? Hashem, you know, I'm getting stronger. That's what I thought right away. He goes, nah, man, that's not even close. So he, <laughs> you know what I'm he's like, you're way off. <laughs> so he told me a very nice analogy, like especially the part where it's a love, Hashem, with all your heart. 
He said, if you have a friend that lost a best, but it's lost a, a, a best friend, passed away, and your friend lives by himself, he has nobody to rely on. He feels alone. He's sad. You have an, a pet at your house that loves you, that plays with you, that shows you love. By you letting your best friend borrow your pet, whether it's a dog or a cat, for a little bit, like a kind of like a loan, not a loan, but like for a hot have, minute. <laughs> for a hot minute, yeah. You just say, hey, I'll let you have it for a month, right? Just for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I need a bag because I love them. So <laughs> you do it. The thing is very amazing is that not only are you helping him to get his life back together, you're reminding him that someone else also loves you. Hmm. So, so for example, when you, you that that best friend, right? He's sad. He's having a rough day because he's sad. He's thinking about the past. He sees a new pet, right? Let's just look at a dog. He gave me the example of a dog. Every time you open the door. The dog gets up and jumps because he's happy to see the master, the 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 boss, right? Or the or you know, yeah. And he has a smile, and you're like, oh, you know, hey, you know, you're gonna pet it for a little bit. Now the dog wants to play with you, and you're like, not today. And you you kind of show the dog you really don't want to play because you just end up in your room reading a book, whatever. But the dog does not take it personal. It still laugh like it still go. <laughs> Like, still happy. Okay. So if you see that and, and, and you can take a look at it, like, step outside the box, the dog does that every day in trying to show you that that dog loves you. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm here for you. Even though you ain't going to pay attention to me in, like, five minutes, I'm here for you. So when he told me going back, loving Hashem with all your heart, you are helping a brother to get back on his feet and you have something that's so precious to you and you gave it to your brother hmm. to make him feel better. And he said the most, and this is goes back to the Shema, but at the end, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. About the terminology for just a second, a quick hot okay. second. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now... The suffix ish, right? Yeah. I-S-H. Yeah. Um, it means like. So if you press them hard enough, you will hear them admit, if you have your facts in order, the Ashkenazi Jewish people that are in the state of Israel will admit that at one point they converted to this way of life, meaning there was a point where it wasn't their way of life. And um, how should I say this nicely? Like we obviously, everyone knows what happened in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now there is a clear cut distinction that all of the Jews were not considered the same. Okay. What I'm trying to say uh, to be frank, is that there was Polish Jews, there was French Jews, there was yeah. German Jews, right. there was there was all types of Jews, and certain Jews, you know, Russian Jews, they were treat, treated worse than other Jews. 
So there was a there was like a caste system within the Jews, but you know they came from um, is it from the Khazars, okay? The the European Jews that we see now to this day, they came from a different group of Judaism. If, if you ever want to read a little bit more about it, there's a book called The 13th Tribe. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to go into much about that. But the point I'm trying to make is that that ish, you know, Jew-ish, right? Jewish yeah. comes from Judah, right? Yeah. Yehuda. But the reality is there's no J in Hebrew. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not to be rude to anybody, but, you know, um, Joseph was Yosef. Yeah. Right? Um, Even Jesus, was, Jesus didn't have J. Right. I'm going to be honest. It, I'm not going to go that far. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, but I'm going to be real for my fans out there. I'm, I'm just saying we're yeah. going back. There, there yeah. was, it, it wasn't Joseph. It was Yosef. It wasn't Joshua. It was Yeshua. It wasn't Joel. It was Yoel. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it wasn't Jeremiah. It was Yirmiyahu. So forth and so on, all the way down to JC. So where did this word Jew come from? Because you don't hear Jewish people saying well, we're from the tribe of Judah, or we're from the or or we're Yehudi. They say we're Jewish. No. So that means that implies that they're taking on the characteristics of the, you know, the Judites, which we know King David was, you know, from the line of Judah, right? Yeah, he was a king so, like me. Right. So <laughs> that's what they're saying that we're yeah. like this royal lineage. Of David, yeah, but we're like, but they don't claim to be actual, you know, descendants from the tribe of Judah, right? Um, I, that needs to be made made plain, yeah. So that ish, I mean, just like, you know, you're talking about um, British. You know where that word comes from? British. Mm -mm. British. Well, that comes from the Hebrew tradition of Brit Milah, the one who is circumcised. So the British people are saying that we're Brit ish. Okay, that we're like the um, we're like the children of the covenant because we know that when you have your Brit Milah, when you circumcise, you become a you know a member of the covenant, at least for men. Yeah. Right. So you're circumcised in the foreskin. So you're there. The British are saying, well, we're like the Brit Milah, just like English, right? We're like the people from England. Go to go to England and tell them you're speaking English. They're gonna look at you like you're speaking English. Right. <laughs> what you talking, fool? You know, I'm just saying. So that ish is important. No, it's true. And, and I got a lot, a little joke I want to share with y'all. Come on. I, I heard, <laughs> I heard a little spoken word. It was a pretty cool spoken word. He's like, y'all think y'all so righteous, but y'all some of y'all so right ish. That's what he said. And I love that. And it's true because. A lot of time we try to look like the part and we don't fit the part. You know, we try to hide and, you know, do a little thing, thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you. I think um, things have changed over history. Like you said, Jewish uh, It's a big, big word that is definitely and, and some people identify as that. Like for me. And they I, can't. That's their prerogative. I. I let me just say straightforward. Yeah. I am not here to give anybody a test of if they're 
one of the children of Israel or they're staking their claim in, in, in the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and J Jacob. So the people in, in, in the state of Israel that say they're Jewish and they're following the covenant, I'm not here to question them, yeah. but they question everybody else, my Lord. Yeah. They're questioning the Ethiopian Jews, right? Just a couple of days ago, they hit the 30th anniversary when they brought over 14,000 Ethiopian Jews into the state of Israel. Yep. Those people 30 years later are continually complaining that they're not given the same rights as Ashkenazi or European Jews. They're just not. We're talking about 30 years. All right, the, the Ethiopian community has not been embraced by the Ashkenazi Jewish community. And, you know, to go even more into it, you heard what happened right before the stuff hit the fan with they were trying to deport, oh, it was like 50 of the Hebrew or the African Hebrew Israelite families. Now, yeah. they're also stating that they're of ethnic claim. They're saying that they came, you know, that in Demona and, you know, the, the kingdom of Yah, that group that was run by Ben-Ami, they're saying, well, we're coming back. We're making Aliyah. We're making return to our land of our ancient forefathers. They have not been given any recognition. And most importantly, they have to be cognizant of this major fact, bro. There are many Palestinians or Arabs, if, if you want to be more clear about it, that have attempted to convert to Judaism, to the Jewish way of life. Yeah. And they've married, they've intermarried, very much like apartheid South Africa, okay, in Johannesburg, okay? They integrated into the European Jewish community, meaning that Palestinian or Arab men or women married Ashkenazi white Jewish men or women, and they're having right now, like I said earlier, Ma'ariv, mixed families, mixture of families, but yeah. those families are still not acknowledged and accepted by the state of Israel or the Israeli rabbinate or the Knesset. They're, they're, they have no positions of power in the state of Israel. Yeah. The Ethiopian Jews, okay, the African Hebrew Israelite, or the Palestinians that converted to the Jewish way of life. So there's no way in. If you're not born into it, you can't get in there. Yeah. And, and that's where, and this is what I was trying to say, like going back to that verse, right? When I was telling you about where some translation, they take the love your Jew as you love yourself. Right. I'm, I'm, my thing is, so the way I look at it, maybe this is a very little extremist thought. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to share it because it's from my head. But at the olden days, during the biblical time, Hashem had the Jewish people as his chose. We hear that. He took care of them. He got mad at them a lot of times. <laughs> took care of them. But today, and, and this is, I'm going to pick out your brain a little bit. I, I want to see, where, what, what do you think with this? Do you think right now God has a chosen people? Or do you believe that depending on how you live your life, you are considered his child? Or we, at the end of the day, we're all his children. And he still gives us all a second chance. What, what is your input? Is there such thing as chosen people? That's I'm I'll hit you with that. Yes. <laughs> Listen, the, the Torah says Israel is my firstborn. All right. Meaning, it, it said it goes further and say that is the apple of my eye. Yeah. 
Okay, so and people say, well, if Israel was his firstborn, what about Adam? Meaning that Israel was the first people that Adon Olam, all right? You know Adonai, meaning the master, right? Adon yeah. Olam, the master of the universe. Yeah. Okay? Decided that this people were going to receive a different blessing from all the other people on the planet. What's the blessing? The blessing is very simple. All right, if you if you know the Ten Commandments, right, or we say uh, the Ten um, Matters or the Ten Words, yeah. he said that I am Hashem your God, or I am, as the Hebrew Israelites prefer, I am Yehovah your God, who brought you forth out of Egypt to be your God. And goes on to say that I am a jealous God. There are no other gods in history that are jealous gods. Meaning that all the other gods, for some way or another, you can have another god in polythe polytheism, okay? Like even in the Christian church, you have what? You have the Son, or you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the God of Israel said, I'm a jealous God, okay? Um, Elkanah, Elkanah, I I'm jealous. You can't have any other gods before me. So Ani, uh, Anochi Adonai, or Anochi Yehovah. Anochi, like when you say I in Hebrew, uh, you and me, we would say Ani. Yeah. I mean, I. But Anochi denotes the, it, there's only one Anochi, Echad. There's only one God. No one else in the Sefer Torah has that Anochi. It's only yeah. the Most High God, Adan Olam, the master of the universe. And then also the other thing that happened that makes the children of Israel so chosen was that. The Most High God brought them out of Egypt. You also don't have that in history where you have God interceding on behalf of millions of people. Right. It does, there are no other historical accounts of this. Right, right. It, even in ancient Egypt or in anywhere before, anywhere after that. They, so this is what makes B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, the chosen people. That one, the Most High God, Anochi, Adonai, or Hashem, or Yehovah, whichever word, I use them interchangeably, came in to Mitzrayim, to Egypt, to this narrow place, brought millions of people out with a strong hand, and put them into another land. It, there, there's no other historical accord of this. So I would have to say, point blank, the children of Israel are, were chosen, but for what? They were chosen to follow the Torah. Now, I'm, I'm going to share with you something, brother. I'm, I'm going to have a little... <laughs> come on, come on. So for me, I personally, I have met many people in my life, and I, I consider them very good, kind people. And I'm going to tell you something. One time my car broke down. I had a girl I took out on a date. It was the most embarrassing thing. My car smoked, <laughs> coming out. And my girl was looking all fresh and stuff. And she's like, what's going on with your car? I was like, I don't know, girl. And I was supposed to know. I'm not supposed to be the man. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just stole it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You let me use it. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to fix it. I couldn't fix it. Naturally, I called my mom. I said, I don't know what to do. You know, none of my guys picked up the phone. My mom comes. 
she's freaking out because there's smoke coming out of the car. And I was like, dang, this is horrible. I told the girl, look, girl, I don't think we're going to eat tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to take care of my car. You know what I'm saying? So um, this guy comes, right? All right. And to be honest with you, he looked like in his mid-40s. And wait, wait, wait. I'm in my 40s. Not messing with you. Go ahead. (laughs) And he came through, and my mom said, Look, my son, he's struggling with his car. You know, I don't know what's going on. Now, this guy actually had a mechanic outfit. And he was driving by. He comes out. He's like, I'm gonna try to help you guys out. He's like, How can the car kind of move? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, the car moves. Okay. Okay. We stopped by uh, Auto Parts, which is like AutoZone, and we just literally got the, the, the liquid that we needed to kind of cool down the system, system to heat it. We cooled it down. The smoke kind of actually died down. And he's like, look, we'll drive it to my – you drive it to the um, – oh, actually, he called a towing guy to pick okay. up my car and take it to the shop. And he's like, I'm going to take you with me. I said, Okay. So I'm driving with him, and I asked him what's his name. His name, he said, my name is Habib. And the first thing popped up, I thought maybe he speak Arabic. So I was showing him a little bit Arabic I knew, and he goes, "Brother, I ain't." He's like, "Brother, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not Muslim. You know, I'm actually uh, a Syrian." That's what he told me. I said, "Oh, my bad, brother. I, I I thought because Habib, you know, in Arabic is like Habibi. The first thing popped up, my love. That's what it means. So." Brother, don't worry. So we're driving in. I was like, man, this this is crazy. I can't believe this happened. Um, you know, we're you know we're going to the shop, and I'm like, damn, I don't know what to do. Like, damn, much the the towing fee. Like, I was worrying a lot of stuff, right? He said, don't worry about the the tow. I already paid for it. Yeah. He said the mechanic shop we're going. I own it. Well, <laughs> so I was like, dang, bro. I'm going to get this fixed for you, brother. Your mom seems like a good person, and you have something special. I don't know what it is. I'm going to help you out. He helped me fix my car. Wow. I never forgot it. A Christian brother. And he came in the right time, and it made me appreciate Christian people, like the faith. And it, it, and it made me realize Hashem has people around us sometimes we don't realize but he's watching us that's how i look at it you know what i'm saying that's one story i wanted to share here's another story you ready for this come on come on you're gonna love this part there's a a, don't know um especially those who are not jewish or 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 don't know or in a different faith which is okay for the Jewish faith, we are still waiting for the Mashiach, the Messiah, to come. But before he comes, we're waiting for Eliyahu Hanavi, which is Elijah, the prophet. Now, a beautiful story I heard from this Orthodox family. It was a Ashkenaz family, uh, you know, a, a white family. The rabbi said a beautiful story. I never forgot. He said, I went to New York, right? And he said, my car broke down. Okay. Kind of like my story. My car broke down. 
and we were looking for help. Our phones didn't work. We're kind of screwed in the middle of New York. Okay. This, hap- this happened a couple years ago. In New York, bro. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, rough. Oh, yeah. He said it was snowing bad. Ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was a guy that came by, short, mechanic suit, and he was, me- he was Mexican. Okay. He said he didn't speak good English. The guy fixed his car. He said, I want you to bring it up a few blocks to the right, a, a few blocks ahead, make a right, make a left, make a right, make a left, make a right, you know what I'm saying? And make a right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know he going circles. Mechanic shop. And he, he brings it there. The guy said, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. I'll fix it. Give me a few hours, I'll fix it. Okay. The car gets fixed. And he and the mechanic shop. Okay. The rabbi goes with his wife and they leave. And he said, thank you. The rabbi actually does some research. He wants to actually give a gift to this Mexican guy that helped him out, right? He pretty okay. much saved his life, you know? So he's like, I want to go find him and I want to thank him, you know, give my gratitude again. You know, it's, it's uh, something you can never forget. So he calls around and everybody, he knows the intersection where he found the mechanic shop. But you're not going to believe this. The mechanic shop doesn't exist. It wasn't there. And he told me straight up. Straight up, the rabbi told me. Remember, you have to understand, it was snowing that day. So he only heard the name, he, like where he had to drive by to drop right. the car. But you got to remember, it was snowing really bad outside. So he said he never found the guy and the mechanic shop was never there. But he believed that that Mexican dude, whoever it was, was Elijah. So... Here's the thing. Uh, I'm not stretched, my lord. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Here's that. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you something. I know it's a little stretch, but I, I had to share that story because gotcha, gotcha. the the thing is. I'm not you, saying it didn't happen, but yeah, I, I, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. No, but I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm, that's why I had to hit you with the right hook. Let me wait. I, I got you. <laughs> so so <laughs> when you read the midrash, right, which is uh, another uh, another a book that Jewish people read, which has a lot of parables. There's a lot of times where you see other people, our sages, our, our ancestors, or during the biblical time, even after in the Romans times, um, mentioned that they actually saw Elijah. So little stories. So that's why I'm saying, like, even though this story that was recent to this rabbi that right. sounds a little far-fetched, it could have happened. Like, you just don't know. Yo, I'm just saying, anything can happen. Yo. Like I said, fans, I'm going to wrap it up. This is the outlet to reality. The whole this podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? Don't forget, guys, uh, stay tuned. And don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! Every Tuesday, stay tuned. And you guys know where to find me on IG, the outlet to reality, TikTok, at Yakov28. My Snapchat, I'll uh, take one past it. And brother, 
Where can we find you on social media? If we have any questions, if we want to, you know, maybe have a little prayer, you know, any, anything uh, where we could, you know, reach out brother, you got, you got any, uh, um, links. My Facebook group is, uh, you know, my name is Mikhail Zion Ben Levy. And then, you know, I'm associated with, uh, Beshalom BZ, um, you know, on YouTube. So, uh, you know, Todaraba, thank you very much for your time and your efforts that you put into putting these productions together you know as my hope and prayer as you move forward in your you know this is almost like your ministry right yeah almost yeah almost like you know you're you're trying to you know reach out and teach people that as you move forward that people start waking up to the reality because you have you know it is beautiful what you're doing brother so thank you very much for sticking with it i appreciate thank you, you. Thank you i'll definitely bring you back <laughs> All right, all right.